0: Good morning. Hey, we're going to jump right into this. Everybody, I want you to just be honest. I know you're in church, but uh, don't try to be humble. Just try to be honest with me. I just want to see a lot of hands go up. I'm going to ask you, just today, how many of you would say that you're probably smarter than the average person? Come on. You may not want to do it because you're in church, but I know you're thinking it. Come on. You're smarter than the average person, aren't you? If you're online, you're Type in the comments right now, I'm smarter than average. You can put a little smiley face on it if you want to. Uh, You don't want to admit it, and I respect that, but again, let's be honest today. Most of you think that you are a better driver than most people, (laughs) don't you? You're a better driver than most of the people out there on the road. You probably think that when it comes to issues, issues and and, and topics and debates of the day in society and politics, you're more right than most people. Aren't you? Look, okay, fine. Look, I can't speak for you but I can speak for myself and I can say that I am definitely way above average. Way above average. Um, And I'm not bragging, I'm not bragging because it's actually it's really hard being right all the time. It is. Because this world is so full of so many complicated issues and full of so many dumb people. You know what I'm talking about? Right? Okay, well, if you're new today, or if you're new watching online, that's called sarcasm. Okay? But there's truth in sarcasm, isn't there? There's truth in all humor. And we do. We we whether it's the uh, news cycle, of the polarizing politicization of our society, uh, we are being led to believe that the most important thing in life is being right. Said another way, we're being led to believe that the highest virtue is being right. And we're talking about in the series how to be unoffended, so many people today are easily offended talked about a few things go back and check those out on YouTube the other messages, Pastor Jeremy did a good one last week but today we're talking about how this attitude that I'm right, I'm right I know I'm right leads us to actually end up being offended quite often and let me show you just one example of how this plays out in our society today before 2020 before 2020 the average reports to the FAA of unruly passengers, okay? 147 reports per year, 147. In the year 2021, 4,715 reports to the FAA of unruly passengers in our skies over America. Can you believe that? Yeah, you can believe it. Are you appalled by that? I think so. And what do you think the root of all that is? Well, I'm right. See, I've studied, I've got the secret information. I'm right about the vaccine. I'm right about when to wear a mask. I'm right about how to wear a mask. I'm right about where to wear a mask. I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. And so everybody else is just a bunch of dummies. I'm offended by them. You look down on them. Now, one of my favorite cartoons is Garfield. He's just the best. And he says, it's so true, right? I'm, hey, I'm not always right, but I'm never wrong. And so today, I just want to offend you a little bit. Is that okay? Is it? Because really, I don't. if I don't, make you mad at least a couple times a year, I'm probably not doing my job, right? So if you're okay with me offending you a little bit, say, Pastor, go ahead, offend me. <laughs> okay, you asked for it. All right. No, very good. But we do, we, we, we can fall into this trap that our society has set uh, for everyone, of thinking being right, is the most important thing. And so Jesus, in the gospel reading today, he says, to some who were confident of their own rightness and looked down on everyone else, he told this parable. Now, a little context for the setting, right? So Jesus right now He's surrounded by a lot of people who I mean, to put it bluntly, they were very much like a lot of people in our culture today. They were always right. And they believed that being right was the most important thing. And they believed telling other people how right they were and how wrong everybody else was, was just critical, mission critical. And so to those people, who are so right, and look down on everybody else who's so wrong. He tells this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. Now this is, this is quite the contrast. Okay, the Pharisee, the Pharisee was very outwardly righteous. I mean, he dressed the part he prayed loud prayers in public so everyone could hear him praying. He followed. Now, the Ten Commandments that we already struggle with, that wasn't enough. The Pharisees added another 613 laws and rules for them to follow. Just so they could just show we're not just right 10 times a day, we're right 623 times a day. We follow all of these rules, we're right. And the other person, the tax collector, was very outwardly unrighteous, very outwardly despised, outwardly sinful. So you have these two very opposite ends of the spectrum people here. They're going into the temple to pray. How'd they pray? Well, the Pharisee stood by himself and he prayed. Oh God, oh, thank you so much that I am not like those other people. And God, in case you're wondering which other people I'm talking about, I'll tell you, the robbers, those evildoers, those adulterers, those, (gasps) that tax collector. Oh, what is he doing here? No, not me. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all that I get it's so like he's given us spiritual resume uh, to impress God. Well, how did the tax collector pray? He stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven. Couldn't even lift his eyes. He beat his chest and he said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I'm a poor, miserable sinner. Jesus concludes the parable, the lesson to be learned is that I tell you, this man, the tax collector, the unrighteous one, the sinful one, the humble one, he went home justified before God, not the other one. it's really shocking and a little scary for pastor especially but for all Christians hopefully is that the Pharisee thought that he was right and he was right he, he lived a very holy life, he didn't rob anybody he committed adultery he fasted twice a week I don't fast that, my spiritual discipline isn't that, isn't that great give a tenth of everything that he got he was very disciplined, he was very right but he's not the one that went home justified before God maybe being right isn't the highest virtue we should be striving for and so we're talking about today this week's theme is that you're not as right as you think you are and maybe even if you are right in all your ideas, your worldview, your approach might be not right, which kind of discounts the effect that you can actually have in the world. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Do you want to make a point or do you want to make a difference? Because people always preaching how right they are very rarely make a real difference in other people's lives or in the world. Now, one of the things that we do when we think that we are so right is that it's very easy for us to assess other people. I didn't say judge. Oh, we would never judge, right? That's in the Bible. Judge not, lest ye be judged. So we're not going to judge. But uh, we can assess other people, right? We can do that. I'm actually pretty good at it. I'm pretty good at assessing people. If you want to know about somebody come and ask me I can tell you about this guy oh yeah he's a pretty good guy but you know he really doesn't take care of his business you can't rely on him what about her oh she's really sweet but you know her kids just run wild Ugh. if you want to know right about somebody and this is this is something that, that again all of us it's a trap that we can all fall into because we feel so right because we're right about issues of the day we're right about policy, we're right about our theology, we're right about the, our worldview, and it's really easy to start looking down on other people just like the Pharisee. Looking at other people even with contempt. The thing is though that while Jesus was concerned of course uh, with right and wrong he was also concerned with pride and humility. Pride. That Achilles' heel, that original sin, that root of really every transgression we have before God. Because ultimately, when we break one of God's rules, when we sin, what we're saying is, no, God, I got a better way. No, God, I got a better idea. No, I don't have time for that right now. No, I don't have enough to give right now. No, this is what I'm going to do. I know better. I'm right. God? God? thank you for making me so right and so smart. <laughs> no, he's very concerned about humility. And just a practical example, even in, in my approach. Uh, here I am, you know, Mr. Preacher Man, right? And this is a picture actually in one of those European churches where you stand way up high and you look down on everybody else. I could be a little higher here today, maybe, right? And I could expound upon, you know what, if, if you want to know something about theology, come and talk to me. I, I know it. Okay, I've got a master's degree from Concordia Seminary, got almost a doctorate uh, from Fuller Seminary, two of the most prominent seminaries in the country. So if you've got a question about anything in theology, anything at all, you, got, you want to know about the end times, or if you want to know about the proper role of women in ministry, uh, if you want to know what best translation of the Bible to use, come and talk to me and I'll give you the right answer. And if you disagree with me, I'll explain to you how you're wrong. Right? Because I'm right. I am right. Now, a message like that, let me just ask you, does that inspire you to want to follow Jesus? Because I'm telling you how right I am. This is the right answer. This is the right way to think. This is the right way to behave. This is the right thing to believe. This is the right person to vote for. This is the right attitude to have. Does that inspire you? Does that make you draw you in to follow Jesus more closely? No, it does not. And the reason is because you know that I am not perfect. And here's the danger with the church today, all of us Christians. If we lead with I'm right about this, I'm right about this, and you're wrong about you know what? They are assessing us, too. And they're going to see that we're not perfect. Far from perfect. There's quite embarrassing, scandalous things that have happened in the Catholic Church to the Baptist Church the Lutheran Church and individual congregations across the country every day. And it's embarrassing, and it's scandalous. And they say, you're not perfect. Why would I believe you? So, here's something really fascinating for you today. Jesus was the most right person to ever live. He, he was perfect, right? He was perfect. Jesus was perfect, and yet, he attracted sinful people to himself. He was. Perfectly right in, in all things and all ways, and yet broken people with darkness, with hurt, with sin, were, it was almost irresistible. They were drawn to him. And how is that possible? Why? Why were all of these broken and sinful? They were wrong, there's no doubt. Jesus was right. How were they? So attracted to Jesus. Do you ever think about it? Answer's really simple. Because Jesus did not make them feel wrong, He made them feel loved. See that? Jesus never made anybody feel wrong. He didn't preach to them haughtily, down to them, condemn them. He always made people feel loved, and that's our challenge. And it is a challenge, because again, we're right, and they're wrong. (laughs) But maybe we need to put that on the side and lead, lead with love. See, what happens is, when we begin with a very prideful stance, again, don't mishear me. Jesus is concerned with right and wrong, okay? But he's also concerned with pride and humility. And when we lead with pride, we don't often love others the way Jesus loved them. When we lead with, I am right, that leads us into a very negative spiral of events. We lead with pride, we lead with, I'm right, the first thing we start to feel is morally superior. Hmm? Feel morally superior, I'm right, and all those dummies are wrong. And once we feel morally superior, well, then we feel like we can assess, right? We start judging other people. Even though I'm not perfect, I can certainly judge other, those people. And once we start feeling more superior, we start judging other people. We are easily angered and offended. Do you see it in our culture? How many people are living right here, living and breathing and sleeping 24 hours a day, angered and offended because they're right, they're right, they're right and you're all wrong. I'm morally superior, let me say I can't preach to all of them, right, but I can preach to us and the danger is the same for us. We can slip into the same trap especially when everybody around us is doing it. Uh, but it's not going to be productive, right? Do I want to make a point? Do I want to try to win this argument? Or do I want to make a difference in somebody's life? I want to make a difference for the kingdom of God? The first few verses in our epistle reading today, right? If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong, a clanging cymbal, just making noise. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge... If I have the faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardships that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain no thing. We could say it today. If I go to church every week, and if I read my little Bible devotion every single day, but don't have love, I'm not making any difference in this world. None. God has definitely called us to be the salt and the light to make a big difference in this world. And we're not going to do it by leading with how right we are. Instead, from humility, we remember that I am forgiven. And this leads us to a much more positive cycle here. When we start with, God be merciful to me, a sinner, first, Thing is, I have a profound gratitude for God's grace. Raising our gratitude for God's grace. And as I realize and appreciate how much I need God's grace, I start to become more accepting of the people who also need God's grace. It's ultimately what they need. And when I start to accept the people as being fellow sinners, then. I start to overflow with love for them, the love that Jesus shared. It's an unconditional love. Here's the thing it's hard for me to accept is you're not going to win anybody over to your worldview through a rational argument. Now I'm a left brain math kind of thinker but 90, 95% of the people, that you're not going to win people over to your worldview through a rational argument. Telling them how right you are and how wrong they are and why they're wrong and this. You're going to win people over to your worldview by loving them. That's what Jesus did. They were drawn to him. It was irresistible to be with Jesus, to have dinner with Jesus, to listen to Jesus speak the truth. I'm going to say it one more time so somebody mishears my message today. Jesus is concerned with right and wrong. And I am right. I know I'm right. It comes to our theology and our beliefs and our worldview and who God is and how we are right with God again through Jesus Christ, his death on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins, his resurrection from the grave for our eternal life. Yes, 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 I go on and on and on down the list but I'm I'm not going to make a difference if I don't have love, if I don't lead with love. So that's my challenge to you. That's my push. That's my urge. Don't start with pride. I'm right. Start your day. Start your prayers. Just like the tax collector. I am forgiven. I've been flooded with God's grace. I've been accepted by God just as I am. Without one plea, (laughs) here I am, Lord. And that's how we're going to love and accept other people. Amen? All right, amen. All right, we'll have a prayer and we'll have communion. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the love that you shower down upon us uh, from the beginning of creation through the end of time. Uh, you're constantly uh, overflowing with grace each and every morning your mercies are new for all time and for all people we thank you for the forgiveness of each and every one of our sins and that uh, reassurance we receive here in holy communion today we pray that as uh, bearers of the light of christ we will shine that light of love into our dark world and stop the cycle of prideful Uh, arrogant, uh, bickering, and arguing, Um, and Lord, help us to just love people where they are and and tell them about the one who forgives their sins. In his name we pray, amen.